My good friend Duncan came to visit the other night. We sat in the garage, we chatted, we drank beer, we had a couple of cigars. It's what I would call a very good night. And not because of the booze or the cigars, although they do enhance things a bit, but because the conversation was just so lively. Like always, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about cars, work, family, philosophy, our hopes for the future, all that kind of stuff. So nothing unusual there. But it was the discussion around work that got us fired up. You see, the way we work, the whole definition of going to work, is changing. And we reckon the old guard is struggling to keep up with it. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting code on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. About 20 years ago, I re-engineered my life so I could work from my home office, and it was and remains one of the best decisions I ever made. Anyway, our chat got me thinking about why my decision to work from home has proved so successful. I suspect it's different for everyone, but for me, it literally changed my life. It allowed me to spend a lot more time with my kids, and in my mind, that alone makes it a winning deal. Most of us waste a disproportionate chunk of our lives under fluorescent lights in an office that smells of photocopy paper and stale coffee. We sit through meetings about future meetings, and we speak in acronyms that sound impressive to each other, but stupid to everyone else. We leave our families in the morning to go to a place we don't like, to do work we don't enjoy, all so we can earn enough money to get away from it all once a year. It's like we live in the Matrix. It's an ingrained madness that just doesn't sit well with me. It never really has. From my earliest days in the banking industry, I dreaded walking through that door. The smell of synthetic carpet and the hum of fluoro lights made me feel trapped and unsettled. Each time the doors opened and customers walked in, a lump of anxiety would rise from the pit of my stomach and lodge in my neck until the day was over and I was on my way home. There's no way to live, as far as I'm concerned, not, not for anyone. Working from a home office has given me my family back. I walk my son to school every day and I pick him up when he's done. It's given me a space to be creative in a way that suits me best. My office is spacious, it's lit by the sun through six panes of glass, the ceiling is high, and the smells of nature stream through an open window. I see greenery outside and birds in the garden. It's beautiful. Lunch is only three metres from where I sit or stand, depending on how my electric desk is set for the day, and I can set the heating or the cooling to whatever temperature I want. I know I wouldn't trade it for another 100000 bucks in annual income. In fact, I wouldn't trade it for another 200000 bucks in annual income. So when Duncan and I talked about his next career move, a big part of it focused on how he would work rather than for whom. He recognised that autonomy and flexibility are valuable commodities, and now he wants more of both. And thanks to technology, the dream is easier and more beneficial to everyone than ever before. Every day, a new business is born that chooses to ignore old paradigms. Instead of an office building with rows of desks, they have a distributed workforce of motivated experts who work from anywhere they like. Instead of employees who clock on and look busy, they have people who are experts at getting stuff done. For a traditional boss, this concept can be frightening. It strips the veneer of perceived control and makes them accountable for only one thing results. But it's not a concept anymore, it's reality, and it's catching on fast. For the switched-on executive with a healthy ego and a solid grip on progress, it's a game-changer as well. The business becomes more agile, more responsive to market shifts, and it breeds a new kind of loyalty from its team. 
Staff who only do enough not to get fired are replaced by specialists who are passionate about their work and want everyone to win. The Industrial Revolution is well and truly over, and the connection economy, fueled by passionate and creative humans, augmented by the internet, is taking over. Which brings me to the subject of what you need to work from your home office. I'll expand on this in another episode in the future, and we'll talk about this more from time to time. But for now, here are my top five things you need to work from home. Unless you have all of these covered, you're going to struggle. Okay, first up, most important thing, your employer or your contract partner needs to see the value in it. That's number one. The thing is, employers fear a loss of control of and accountability from their team. They imagine you watching Netflix all day and eating ice cream in front of the fridge. They worry that you're going to take their money and give them a little in return. And this is understandable. The thing is, they've spent much of their working lives using attendance as a yardstick, so they've forgotten that only one thing truly matters, results. So it's incumbent on you to prove that you're on the same page and to suggest what the results might be and then create an environment where they can scrutinize progress and the results that you're getting. There are a ton of tools out there to uh, to make this a lot easier and one that I've used for years is Basecamp. I absolutely love Basecamp. Um, but there are others too, like I've been trialing Paymo recently and I really like that too. A uh, similar tool to um, Paymo is Trello. Also there's Asana and Slack and Monday.com. There are a bunch of tools out there. Thing is, when you start to work from home, your employer stands to gain some very attractive financial rewards. First off, they have one less person to house in the office. That means less floor space, one less desk, phone, chair, and perhaps one less car space. If you go full native, like I have, then they can also reduce outgoings like superannuation or 401k, uh, payroll tax, holiday pay, sick pay, uh, rostered days off and you know employer's insurance, worker's insurance, that kind of stuff. And with tools like Skype and GoToMeeting and Zoom, well, meetings are possible on much shorter notice and without the need for a venue. It's really a win-win. Okay, the second thing that's really important is your work area. Thing is, I don't work well in a traditional office environment. The constant chatter just drives me nuts. I know many others feel the same, and that's why they'll get in early or they'll stay back late to complete an important project. The thing is, if their environment was conducive to productive output, then they wouldn't need to do that. Other people enjoy the white noise of a busy coffee shop, and today I actually spent, God, it must have been about five hours at uh, the local car dealership while my car was getting serviced, and it was actually great. I mean, there was always noise in the background, but I knew that none of it was related to me. There was no one who was actually interrupting me, so I got a huge amount of work done. It was great. Um, So for that same reason, I guess, a lot of people like to work in busy coffee shops. Just go and visit your local Starbucks, and you'll see for yourself all the people sitting there in front of their laptops. So I can totally understand it. Actually, one of my favourite public places to work is on an aeroplane. The combination of travelling somewhere and the view from 40,000 feet just inspires me. The great thing about being a remote worker is you can tailor your work environment to suit yourself. Uh, Most days I play music while I work. And in fact, while I was writing the blog post that goes with this episode, I had um, Of Monsters and Men and Sleeping at Last both on um, cycle. Uh, I think it was the Beneath the Skin album for Of Monsters and Men and Atlas Year Two uh, from Sleeping at Last. Um, and I love it. I'll give you another example. Uh, the company that created Basecamp, actually they're now called Basecamp, they used to be called 37 Signals, but um, they've got 50 people living in 32 locations around the world. The CEO, Jason Fried, says on his website, our headquarters is in Chicago, but everyone at Basecamp is free to live and work wherever they want. 
many of us love working remotely, and we literally wrote the book on remote working, and they did. I've got um, a couple of Jason's books, uh, and David Hanemeyer Hansen. One of them's called Remote, and the other one is um, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, uh, mm. and the other one's called Rework. All brilliant books. The important thing is to set aside an area that works best for you. Some days I'll work at five o'clock in the morning on the dining room table. On others, I'll head out in my car, I'll throw back the roof and I'll work through a difficult problem with my voice recorder app on my phone. Um, Either way, I tailor my environment to generate the right kind of output, whether I choose to work from my home office that day or not. I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. I want to be useful. So tailoring my environment to deliver that outcome is the most important thing to me. Okay, so the third thing is to set boundaries, both physical and virtual. Thing is, I do some of my best work before the sun comes up, when everyone's asleep. It's kind of like a boundary of my own design. When the rest of the house stirs, then I retire to my office and I close the door. My wife and son know not to disturb me unless it's an emergency. Um, My son's eight years old, though, so I have to remind him a lot, especially during school holidays. Some people ask me how I manage to stay on task when the fridge, the TV, the backyard pool are all within easy reach. And really, this has never been a problem for me. Like the old days when my mum served Brussels sprouts, I've always eaten my veggies first, or I cover them in vinegar to drown the taste. But what I mean is, work is first, fun comes later. If anything, I probably work too much. And for some of us, that's a real trap. For some of us who work remotely like this, that can be a real trap. Because when your office is in your home, it's common to work longer than you should because it's so easy to slide in front of the computer and, you know, just do one more thing. I'll just get this one last thing finished. So... I set blocks of time to do certain things. For example, I only check email three times a day and never after 4.30pm unless I'm expecting something important, not urgent or tempting, but important. And I tell my son when I'm ready to play and I stick to it whether he badges me or not. So he knows that if I say, okay, at six o'clock we're going to go and do this, then I always do it. Shut my computer and we go do it. Okay, fourth thing is very important to present yourself as a business. That means no background noise during phone calls, no Hawaiian shirts in video hookups, and respect for other people's working hours. Don't text or email people at 9pm just because you're working. It also means tracking the time that you spend on tasks. I use a product called Harvest. It'll help you and it'll comfort your boss too. If you work for more than one business, well, then it's essential. Use professional accounting software to manage expenses and generate invoices if you need to, if that's the kind of arrangement that you have, like I do. And I use a product called Xero, X-E-R-O. Set due date parameters for all your clients and follow up on overdue invoices. After all, you're running a business, not a house of favours. Also, working from home or a park bench by a lake, wherever you choose to work, shouldn't make you less accessible. Make sure you're always reachable by phone and the internet. And if you're going to travel through a black spot, then let your colleagues know in advance. Okay, the fifth thing, the last thing is working from home is fantastic. I absolutely love it. But there are a number of ways that you can screw this whole thing up. And ruining your health is one that you might not have thought about. Once you're in control of your work environment, it's critical to manage yourself as well. In a traditional office setting, you might get out of your chair 20 times a day to go and talk to colleagues. When you work from home, it's generally all handled from your desk. As a remote worker, the lack of movement poses a genuine health risk. Sitting for a long period is as bad as smoking apparently nowadays. And the ramifications are startling, so you really shouldn't ignore them. 
My friend and fitness savant, Jonathan Mead, offers a bunch of valuable strategies for mitigating these risks through a series of very simple movements. Go to uncagedhuman.com and have a look at what he offers there. And I suggest you subscribe as well. He's not going to bombard you with a pile of crap, but he does have some brilliant guides on reversing the years of damage. Also, here are some things that I've done that work really well for me. Firstly, I follow a fairly strict morning routine that sets me up for the day. It includes water, tea, a bit of time outside, a little bit of exercise, usually walking, and writing in that order. Mind you, I'm weaving in reading in the mornings too now because I find that I enjoy reading more in the morning than I do uh, in the evening. The thing is, by setting a daily habit, I start the day on the right foot with the right mindset. It's like, well, I'm in control. I've decided how I'm going to start the day. And straight away, you feel like you're winning. Uh, second thing is I've got an electric height adjustable desk and I switch from sitting to standing a few times each day. Now, this single single purchase has changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, I don't feel anywhere near as stiff or cramped or lethargic as I used to. I listen to my body and as soon as I'm uncomfortable, I hit a preset button and switch to the other position. Um, I've even got one for squatting, thanks to Jonathan. <laughs> um, third thing is I walk around the neighborhood most mornings and afternoons, usually for about 45 minutes. It gets the blood flowing, the lungs working, and it stops the largest muscles from atrophying. It also clears the head, or it fills it with new knowledge via podcasts. And I get a bit of vitamin D from the sun as well. I have a large glass of filtered water on my desk, and I make sure I drink and refill it at least half a dozen times each day. And when my concentration is suffering, I get up and I walk around or I stretch. Sometimes I go out to the backyard and take a few deep breaths, or if I'm smashed, then I'll take a 20-minute nap using um, the Paziz app on my phone. It's P-Z-I-Z-Z. Or maybe I'll even meditate for 10 minutes with, um, with Headspace or Calm. Calm, actually, I really like. I've been using that for a while. The sixth thing on my list is the Pomodoro technique, where you work in 25-minute stints followed by a five-minute break. You do four of these, and then you take a 15-minute break after that. It was developed by a guy called Francesco Cirillo in the late 1980s, and this method can keep you fresher for longer. I've tried it many times using a couple of apps, and it really does work. Today, I'm very conscious of my working rhythms, and I take regular breaks throughout the day, so I'm not always following the Pomodoro technique you know, um, strictly. I tend to go in bursts, but I am very conscious now of um, going for too long without a break, and so I take a break. I snack on things like nuts um, and yogurt and a little bit of fruit and, yeah, sometimes pizza. But most of the time, I keep it light and healthy. Um, Keeping the water intake up mitigates most of the snacking anyway. And the last thing, and this is a fairly big thing, I often change locations. Um, Staring at the same thing for hours, days on end, no matter how pleasant it is, it can get a bit monotonous. Um, I imagine Amal Clooney often tires of looking at George or Ryan Reynolds at Blake Lively. Since all great work is a creative process, it's critical to maintain the creative spark. I do this by switching locations, sometimes just throughout the day. I'll um, you know, end up at my camp table in the garage at 6 o'clock with a glass of Shiraz, um, or I'll start the day on the back deck if it's you know spring or summer and you know move to my office later on. For me, it kind of makes sure that you know, most of my day is productive. To work from a home office instead of a cubicle in the city is a privilege and a responsibility. And I've said this many, many times, it's been the single biggest thing to impact my personal life and working life. And it's brought much needed balance between the two of them. Because of it, I'm more productive, I'm more inspired, and I'm more effective in every area that matters as a worker, as a husband, and as a parent. I effectively unplugged myself from the matrix more than 20 years ago. Back then, it required a lot of trust on the part of my employer, trust I made certain never to break. 
Today, it's much easier, at least from a technical standpoint, to remain accountable, accessible and productive. For many employers, the excuses have all but gone. The connection economy is here to stay. The remote worker is fast becoming the new norm and lives and businesses are transforming because of it. Choosing to work from home afforded me opportunities to live and grow in ways that the traditional model just couldn't. It gave me a life. So now ask yourself, how would your life change if you worked from home? Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Thanks for hanging out with me again on the Office Anywhere podcast. If you want to read the blog post that goes along with this, just go to officeanywhere.co slash 74. And until next week, here's to working and living on your terms. I'll catch you then. See ya.